Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This week on the Rise Together podcast, we're talking about dreams. Uh, I am married to a human who has the biggest dreams in the history of the universe, and they terrify me. Or they did. They terrified me. Uh, and I've now, I think, been able to move to a place of hearing, processing, and thinking about dreaming in a completely different way. We're going to get into all of it. Hi, guys. I'm Rachel Hollis. And I'm Dave Hollis. And we're married. For like 14 years. And together for 16. We have kids. Four kids. Which is like a thousand kids. We've also been foster parents to four kids as well. We're running a business together. We do a lot of things. That is a lot of things. <laughs> but we feel like it's possible, we know it's possible, to have an exceptional relationship regardless of the stresses you have in your life. That's why we decided to do a podcast together. It's called Rise Together. So if you want some tips and tricks on how we kind of get through all the things. This is it. Come on down. Here we go. <laughs> Hello, uh, welcome to the Rise Together podcast. Today, I'm going to talk us through a conversation about being afraid of your partner chasing their dreams. Uh, what happens when you are in a relationship with someone who's got scary big dreams? What is it about those dreams that uh, tend to make us people who are maybe not as much dreamers, frightened by them, and uh, what do you do to get out of your own way? You may know that I am married to a human in Rachel Hollis, who is one of the world's biggest dreamers. Uh, she was uh, this way, I will argue, out of the womb. She has always been a person who uh, has bigger than life dreams and who, in having them, uh, also has the audacity to believe that they can come true. Uh, a lot of the things that are happening in our business, in her personal uh, life with books or with coaching or with creating a journal line or whatever it might be, um, all of those things started as a dream. 
And man, am I grateful every single day to get to work inside of a company where we have this mission of putting tools in people's hands uh, for obviously the opportunity to put those tools there that people might have a better life if they use them. But also, um, I count myself so fortunate that I have as the creative engine of this Hollis company, a wife who just never stops dreaming. That's not always been the case, though. Uh, I am, as you may be familiar, the practical part of this practical dreamer pairing. Uh, I don't know that it's necessarily the case in every relationship, but a lot of people that I've talked to, I find that uh, there tends to be often a person who's more practical and a person who's more uh, a dreamer. And it's not exclusive to it being men who are more practical or women who are more practical. It just kind of can go both ways. But in a relationship where you are the person who tends to be the more practical person, um, one, understanding a little bit of why you're wired that way will, I think, help you process the dreams of the person that you're in relationship with, but also um, will act as a table setter for any conversation that you want to have about um, understanding the dream and the implication of the dream being achieved or not, um, as you want to have an exceptional relationship. For me, I went to a personal development conference uh, a few years back and we went through an exercise to understand the things that are most important in each of our lives individually. And uh, though I now, of course, appreciate this to be so obviously true, when I was going through the diagnostic, I didn't think that this is the thing that I would get. But uh, certainty for me uh, had been, has been in my life, one of the most important commodities, period. Uh, it was a thing that I'd clung to. It was a thing that I wanted to um, engineer my life around maintaining it, no matter uh, what, because of its predictability, because of uh, it being a thing that could manage my or others' expectations, because it's just the way I was wired. It went way back to the way I was raised. And um, having certainty as a thing that you're really, really interested in isn't a bad thing necessarily, but uh, I've absolutely come to appreciate that um, there are trade-offs. There are things that um, you have to relinquish if certainty ends up being the thing that you hold on to the most. And for me, certainly in the last two and a half, three years, um, certainty was coming at the expense of my personal growth because I was clinging to things that were familiar and not chasing dreams that uh, would actually expose me to uh, having to do new work or learn or grow. Um, it's why I wasn't fulfilled. It's why uh, there's been so much fulfillment in having jumped into and chasing all these dreams together with my wife. Rachel, on the other hand, <clears throat> she's always been, like I said, this person who is a big dreamer. And um, for years, she would come to me with these really audacious, uh, bigger than life dreams. And part of the way I was wired, part of what I thought my responsibility in our relationship was, uh, was for me to, to help temper some of the enthusiasm around the biggest of those dreams. Um, and I was like truly trying to show up 
in a tempering your enthusiasm, don't dream such such big dreams, because of a want for protecting her, a want for um, helping her, um, you know, it, it sounds so ridiculous now, but um, I, didn't, I didn't know if, uh, one, she'd be disappointed if that dream didn't come to pass, if she could handle not you know, achieving uh, that dream. And so my attempt, this love that I was showing was, you know, trying to keep her from being uh, disappointed. If she didn't do it, what I was really saying was, I don't think that you can, or I don't think that you can handle uh, the disappointment of not, which obviously when I say it out loud like that is not the way I wanted my love to show up. Uh, I don't know if I've ever told this story. Maybe we've told this story, but there was this time when uh, she had this big dream of wanting to do an event. It was back when she was an event planner, and she called her shot. She told me, I'm going to do this thing, and my attempt to try and keep her from being disappointed, uh, I told her that there was a 3% chance that she could actually pull that off. Man, that sounds like such a lame thing to say now, but... Uh, again, I was trying to objectively put a number around the probability of this thing happening so that if it didn't happen or when it didn't happen, uh, she wouldn't be disappointed. And six, eight months go by and she comes home one day and there's a small box sitting on the old kitchen table and she opens up this box, a gift that uh, she suggests I was party to helping get for her. And uh, when she opened it up, there was a bracelet on which she had the number three with a little percent sign stamped on it. And uh, she got it as a gift for herself after having successfully confirmed that that big audacious dream from six, eight months back uh, was actually something that she was able to close. And now she was doing this event. And she got the bracelet as a reminder that the person that she has as a best friend, as now a business partner, uh, as a husband, only gave her a 3% chance at doing something. The person who cares most about her still only gave her a 3% chance at succeeding in achieving this dream. And it's been something that just has been a part of the way that she accomplishes as many things as she has, she's not going to let me or anyone else tell her how big her dreams can be and what she can or can't accomplish. It's part of uh, what I just am so blown away by with her and um, that I, ha I have envy for it because I have probably talked myself out of chasing uh, a lot of dreams just because of the worry of whether or not I could do it or what it might mean to stray from this certainty thing that I've, uh, you know, kind of married myself to or been wired to kind of cling to and hold on to. Um, but not her, not her. And I uh, appreciate her for modeling that for me because as there's been more dreaming in the last certainly year that we've been working together, um, knowing that we're going to chase dreams that probably don't make a ton of sense to a lot of people that we're inevitably going to have to push through, um, 
you know, taking some risk and learning new things. And as we make mistakes, like celebrating that in failing, uh, that's where we learn. And that in learning, that's where we become a stronger, better version of ourself, a stronger, better version of our company. Uh, so anyway, not wanting your partner to be disappointed or trying to protect them from uh, dreaming too big a dream. Um, that was a thing that I did for a long time. And I can tell you now, it is not a thing I do any longer. Uh, my wife has uh, created enough proof that she's got a good head on her shoulders and a good sense of uh, what she um, it was put on this planet to do, which is change it. And in having an ambition that is that big and bold, you got to dream big, big dreams and chase them. So uh, now when it's bizarrely like we first wake up in the morning and she's like, I had an idea, right? Like I for years had a reflex of, all right, how can I try and negotiate the size of this dream down to something that's going to feel safe and uh, achievable. I just listen. Uh, and a lot of times now, um, I'll deliberately wait. Okay, let me think about that. Come back and have a conversation about it after I've had a chance to process it so that I can show up, uh, you know, with the kind of enthusiasm and excitement that she's looking for, but also with just enough of the pragmatism that um, is part of the nice balance that exists for us in our marriage and also in our business um, so that we're at least thoughtful of the things we have to be considerate of if we're going to go actually make this thing come together without being dismissive, without trying to make it smaller, without trying to um, keep her uh, from being disappointed. If she ends up having a humongous dream and we go for it and it doesn't work, um, the idea that that was a bad dream to chase is just not a thing that we think any longer because the things that we try and don't have work perfectly are still creating something amazing for either us in our relationship or us in, in this business. So uh, we like those things. We want to, we want to chase out after them. Um, I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The second reason why, if I'm really honest, um, I think I resisted some of the dreaming that she was doing was that I'd established an identity in our marriage, in our relationship, that if she was successful in achieving all of her things would change that identity. Um, and there's a little bit of like ego in this and a little bit of vanity in this and a little bit of, you know, the way that I was taught how to be a man by either the men in my life or media or masculinity more generally growing up. But um, I 
for years and years and years was, and we've talked about it on this podcast before, the provider. I was the person who was making more money than she was as she was building her business and reinvesting almost every dollar that she was making back into the business to help it grow. And there was something in that that um, made me who I was, that uh, in a strange way made me, uh, you know, I'd convinced myself that my provision was part of the mix for why she wanted to be with me. And the idea of that going away was scary. Um, because if she, I've, I've, you know, I've talked about this, I've written about it now in the book that comes out next, next March. Um, if she didn't need me, would she still love me? Right? Like if you need me because of my job, if you need me because of what I can provide to you as my, my wife and to these children, um, well, then you're going to like me. Uh, and you're going to want to be with me. Uh, if I am not in a position where you need that provision, will you still want to be with me? Which, you know, is a ridiculous, honestly, super insecurity-based worry that goes back to, you know, not having a person who you wanted to go to seventh grade dance with say yes. <laughs> it's like the most fundamental and basic insecurities um, are driving this, like, want to maybe not have big dreams come true because if this dreamer achieves this dream and becomes something that is a hundred percent independent and self uh, you know, able to take care of themselves, uh, well, they still want you also, right. In the same way that certainty <laughs> was a thing commodity wise that I was really clung to for the entirety of my life, I can predict what, you know, this version of our life looks like and feels like the great stuff and the hard stuff. I, I know the knowns. I know what um, to expect from a one day to the next basis. When you've got someone like Rachel who dreams such big things and has established a track record of having actually made many, many, many of her dreams come to pass, knowing that she's likely to pull off the stuff that she sets her mind to challenges all of the certainty need that I have in my body. Um, And so it ends up just being a big, huge thing that's rooted in fear. Um, The fear of the unknown uh, is a is a thing that makes big dreams scary for me, and I think scary for a lot of people. The great thing uh, that life has done for us uh, through the year that we've now been almost living in Texas, working on this business together, certainly uh, the experience that we had going through our adoption journey, where there was just so much uncertainty. Um, I have so much proof of the benefit that has come by embracing uncertainty. Uh, That every time we were thrown into something that we thought we had a handle on but then didn't, we grew stronger in our relationships, stronger as individuals, had our faith tested but proved it existed. Uh, We like leaned on each other more in a trench where we were just like in survival mode, um, 
that when I think now about the future, as much as the uncertainty gives me a little moment of pause, I have to remind myself, you have been through uncertain things and it brought out the best in you. You've been through uncertain things and it grew you into who you are today. You've been through all of this stuff that you thought you had control over, but you've never actually had any control. Let go of thinking that you are actually going to be able to control the outcomes either today and what you think you know about what exists in your life or tomorrow. You don't know anything. Uh, and even uh, more, leaning on those experiences where having been tested, you showed yourself, you proved to yourself, your brain was able to process that um, that uncertainty uh, was, was great and, and definitely was for you, not uh, happening to you. One of the things, uh, too, that I can say honestly that, um, you know, was a little bit of a barrier for me with dreaming or why dreams scared me um, was this, like, worry <laughs> that um, it's almost like a careful what you wish for kind of thing. We're going through an incredible season right now where so many of the things that we were praying for before we made the leap to do this business together, before we moved our family from California to Texas, before I, you know, made a jump from a traditional suit corporate environment to wearing shorts and sneakers at the Hollis company office. We, we, we asked for so many things and, and God, the universe, whatever, all of them have kind of come together and it's created in real time a chaos, if I'm honest, in our life that uh, short term feels overwhelming. And so um, when I think about saying yes to one more thing, when I think about um, you know being open to the possibility of chasing that thing, um, it feels hard to get excited about the yes in a way that makes me want to, again, kind of talk, uh, talk her out of, maybe not out of, but maybe like delay. And the reality is it's taken going back to um, this idea of like uh, stewardship or like the responsibility that you have to any, like to, to take the gifts uh, that you've been given and make them work for the benefit of other people. Like getting back to the to the why, what's like, what's your why? Where's where's the passion in your life coming from, and and, and who's it for? Um, we have this uh, family motto, for lack of a better word, uh, made up and and uh, sitting on uh, the wall right behind our kitchen table. We made it as a family. Oh, four or five years ago, just took a piece of plywood, got some stencils and some spray paint, and and wrote out what was like important for us what were our family values and on the on the list of things that are are written there uh, it's there's the line to whom much is given much is expected right like each of us every one of you as listeners each of us here on the Hollis company side of things and Rachel and I in our relationship we've been given so so much and so the responsibility to take and turn those things around and make them um, 
make them work in the universe for good uh, is a part of what that comes with. And so um, when I think about the like feeling a little bit crushed for time or crushed for overwhelmedness, um, my initial instinct, like I said, is to try and push back the idea or not want to embrace the idea. And what I've had to do, uh, one, is like really tap into the, to the why. Why are we doing this work? What is the responsibility that comes from having had th- this potential put in our hearts? And how do we you know, kind of stay focused on the person who is receiving these tools and, and making their life better because of them? But also, it's just required being way more intentional with how we're disciplined around health and how we're disciplined around eating and how we're crazy about scheduling out our week before the week happens and um, asking for help and being in really honest conversation when we start to veer into places that aren't healthy for us, like making bad choices with how much we drink or not paying attention to like staying active or drinking our water or whatever it might be. Um, Those things are important on a normal day. Those things are a mandatory if you want to be a person who is going to chase big dreams. You cannot chase big dreams and not have discipline and habits and a routine in the morning and uh, like really be crazy about time management uh, and and all the rest. So um, getting the right tools in place so that you can chase the opportunity to unlock the potential that's been given to you and fulfill that responsibility to pour back into the world. Um, That's been a big one that's helped me um, deviate from what might have earlier in our relationship been me trying to, to, to tamp down a little bit of the dreaming. And the fourth one for me uh, was this worry in the dreaming that Rachel might become someone I don't recognize, that she might become someone um, that I don't know uh, anymore, which sounds dramatic, I understand, but I'm dealing with uh, the dreamer of dreamers. And so when she lays out these most audacious dreams and we're on a pace and a track to have those things come to pass, um, you know, what if we get there and it's it's changed who she is. It's changed how she is in the relationship. It's changed the way she thinks about or shows up as a mom. It's changed the frequency that we have in spending quality time together as a couple. It, like, I, I have invented a, a, a picture of what this future version of her having achieved these dreams self looks like that is not, in fact, based on any knowledge but is the manifestation of my deepest insecurities or fears of what getting to where she is going is going to do to her. Now, the, the, the thing that I have to remind myself, and I, I bring myself back every single time, Rachel Hollis and I are the most uh, in love with each other now. Uh, I love uh, the, this person that she has become over the course of time, And the person that she is today is 
wildly, unbelievably different than the girl that I married when you know we got married 15 years ago. And I say girl because I was a boy and she was a girl. When we got married, we were not yet man and woman. We were young pups who had a completely different experience to that point in life that informed how we showed up in our lives, in our marriage, uh, in a, just a, a totally and completely different way. When we got married, I had the same feeling of not wanting things to change because I knew what I knew about being married at that point. And I am grateful every single day that we as individuals and that our marriage as a partnership has changed as much as it has over the course of time. And it's not to say that there aren't dips where we, you know, one of us goes through a hard season or that the relationship you know, overall has to, we have to work harder, be more intentional to try and make the things that matter for us in, in our relationship values come to fruition. But there is a line, if you were to graph it, from the bottom left-hand side of the paper to the top right-hand quarter that is me graphing the satisfaction in the relationship, how much pride I have in the strength of our relationship, the resiliency because of having been tested and survived things in our relationship, the, the things that we have that are different from what we had at the beginning are the things that I think I'm most proud of in our relationship. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter your search based on the qualities that are most important to you. Then you can book a free 15-minute consultation call with any therapist you're interested in seeing. So you can get a feel for whether they're the right fit before you commit to a full-length session. Alma also makes it easy for mental health care providers to navigate insurance. That's why 95% of therapists in their directory accept insurance for sessions. So you can find care that's affordable without stressing about the paperwork. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com therapy60 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com therapy60. So... If that's the case for where we've been over the course of the next 15 years, I have to have faith that we will continue to be ourselves, that we'll continue to become better versions of ourselves, and that even in and as these big, huge dreams are achieved, that that evolved, bigger version of ourself five years from now, 10 years from now, 20 years from now, is going to have me then looking back on, you know, the second half of our marriage at that point with an appreciation for the way that we kept pushing development and pushing ourselves to become who we've ultimately evolved into. And I might even look back, I hope anyway, I look back on this point in time at 15 years in with an awe for the naivete that I thought we were, you know, really far along our journey of growth, only to, you know, 20 years from now, realize how much further we actually are because of having continued to chase big dreams and do uh, big work. I'm basically recording this so that I can re-listen to it the next time 
Rachel Hollis comes to me with a very, very big uh, idea. Uh, there are, uh, with the business that we're running, uh, there's probably one, one idea a week uh, where I'm like, okay, take a breath. This, this will be great. We will figure this out. Uh, Rachel 100% has a tendency in her dreaming to pick less conventional ways of doing things that basically everyone else has already done in a more traditional way. So when it comes to how we're thinking about making product available in the future, as a for example, rather than sourcing the product from somebody who has expertise in making it, she wants to find ways for us to make the thing and have a warehouse of people who help like package the thing and, and, and ship the thing. And for me, as the practical business operating side of this business partnership, that makes me get a little sweaty. But she has this heart for creating jobs. And some of our biggest dreams uh, have been put on a little piece of washi tape and slapped on the side of a champagne bottle. And those big, huge dreams um, a lot of times come back to the number of people that we can employ. So we have a, a bottle of champagne. It says 100 people work at the Hollis Company. So we'll open that baby up when we get there. We're a quarter of the way there. Um, but the, like the idea that we're creating things that are delivering value to people and that value allows us to help support 25 families that depend on us, that's amazing. That's like, wow, what a, what a rad thing um, that is. Uh, one of them says that a hundred thousand people have been to a rise conference. The idea of like having a hundred thousand transformed lives after a two or three day women's personal development conference, uh, is audacious. And it means that we have to find bigger venues and, uh, find a way to make people want to go. But when I think about the like ripple effect of what those 100,000 people will inevitably be able to do when they return from the conference as leaders who will start a little revolution in their own community and their own family. Uh, gosh, it's like it's hard to not get excited, even as the dream itself is a little bit daunting. Um, in, our, in our journals, the Start Today journals, every morning you start with five pieces of gratitude and then 10 uh, goals or, you know, like visions of what your life 10 years from now would be like if these things were to uh, pass, you know, that's, you, you write these 10 things down as though they've already happened, 10 dreams. And I, you know, like I'll, the one I wrote in this morning, our work affects people in 30 languages, right? Like, I don't know very much about international personal development. I don't know very much about how to take most of the things that we're doing and make them work outside of the United States. So that dream for me is audacious and scary, but it also, when I think about impact, would be amazing. We're just starting to see the translated versions of Girl Wash Your Face and Girl Stop Apologizing showing up in places all around the world. And it's it's bananas. It's like one of the most satisfying things ever. If you're a dreamer, keep dreaming. 
If you're a dreamer and you're in a relationship with someone who tries to, uh, you know, keep you from dreaming as big, um, open yourself to the possibility that that is their attempt at showing you love. Um, they might just be a jerk, but they also might uh, just be trying to show you love because their version of love would have you protected in the case that your dream doesn't actually come to pass. If you're the pragmatist, if you're the practical person in the relationship, um, I would encourage you to try and hear the dream and let that sit and be supportive of the dreamer dreaming before you come in with the reasons why this is something that just isn't going to work or isn't practical or... Um, I've made the mistake way too many times of trying to come back at the dream being impractical before the sentence is even finished leaving her mouth, which if you're a dreamer is crushing. It's just like, it's, it's crushing. And so um, I wish that I'd had the wisdom or the grace to um, be supportive of the dream even if there needed to be a follow-up conversation about things to be considerate of, the time to represent your things to be considerate of is not as the dream is being told to you. <laughs> just take, take just a, a small beat. Um, if you're worried about how dream fulfillment is going to change your relationship, uh, your relationship is going to change whether dreams are fulfilled or not. There is no way that you can maintain the kind of relationship that you have today forever. And the idea that something coming to pass is going to maybe make you less lovable or might compromise the way that this now more evolved person uh, feels about you. Uh, that's insecurity. It's coming from junior high. It's coming from uh, someplace in your past, a bad uh, relationship before this one, the way that your parents were, whatever it is. The more that you can be in touch with and connect with why you feel that thing, the more able you're going to be able to separate the insecurity and the dream. They're, they're not necessarily the same thing. Um, and, you know, being able just to see it will keep you when you're triggered from responding in the way that you might normally. You can replace the response now with something that's more productive or more healthy uh, for you. Um, and if you're a practical person, like I have been for most of my life, I have had to push myself to dream. Um, it's a, it's a less conscious thing that I choose because it's just not been part of my wiring. But having big, huge, audacious dreams, writing them down in this journal that we have every day, like it's changed the way that my brain is unconsciously scanning the universe for ways to make those things come together in a way that's helping me grow. If you're not dreaming or you're not dreaming big enough, the chance that you are going to be unfulfilled for not having created some inertia to have your brain, your soul, you know, tapped into, 
um, you, you're, you're going to get stuck. And having been a person who was stuck, like stuck, stuck, going from my 30s to my 40s, my midlife crisis moment was a reflection of not having a big enough set of dreams or any. <laughs> uh, I'd convinced myself that certainty and clinging to is more important than chasing those things. And uh, I can tell you as a person who is fully immersed in chasing big dreams, I am wildly, wildly more fulfilled in the pursuit of these dreams than I ever was as a practical person trying to protect certainty. So give yourself a chance and go. Folks, dreamers, pragmatists, I appreciate y'all listening today. Uh, it's, it's a thing that has changed over time. The way that I'm able to get excited about, hear, receive, and support uh, the big dreams of my wife. If you're you know, not at a place where your partner feels like they get heard the way that they'd like to or supported the, the way that they'd like to when they represent their dreams, have a conversation about how you can show up better in that real-time conversation for the benefit of your relationship. It doesn't mean that you've got to you know, say yes to things that make you uncomfortable or support things that you might think are crazy. But the support and the feeling of being supported is uh, a big part of how to have an exceptional relationship and um, is a part of what intimacy inevitably ends up being. Someone feeling heard, someone representing what is the passion of their heart and having it met with support versus met with skepticism or caveats or warnings. Um, man, that's a that's a uh, an affront to a little bit of who that person is if, uh, if you can't hear it. So I'd encourage you to have a conversation with your partner about dreams, about what they are, and about how you have or haven't been supportive of dreams in your relationship, personal dreams, work dreams, so that you're at least able to become a little more self-aware of how you've shown up and how you might be able to show up a little bit better. If you like this episode, I would encourage you to take a screenshot and throw it up on social. Use the hashtag Rise Together and Rise Together Podcast and uh, tell your friends about it. If you really liked it, I would... Uh, I'd ask you to subscribe to this podcast. The more subscribers we get, the more people who get to know about this thing. And if you really, really liked it, leave us a review. 